When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I have a great story for you today. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and bring you back safely. The single, but normal than longer, story for this episode is a little on the dark side. If you have wee ones, it would behoove you to listen to it on your own, unless you get frightened easily too. (laughs) You have been warned. Last year, in the midst of COVID, Aidan and I were walking with Mo during the summer in a place we had never been to before. We love discovering new places, and getting time with my now 20-year-old son is a real treat. We found this hidden trail. In fact, it might not have been a real trail, but I think it was. Mo was bounding everywhere, smelling all the new smells she could come across. Did you know that female dogs sniff more than male dogs? They're more interested in what's around them. Fun fact, kids. Anyway, we got deeper and deeper into the woods, and to be honest, Aidan and I were having so much fun, we were not really paying attention to the time, nor how far we had travelled. It was at this point, when I looked at my watch, that I noticed there was not really a trail that we were walking on. This was not good. We had been walking mostly uphill, and I could hear running water. Maybe we could follow the stream down and back to the road. Moa somewhere behind us. When we came up to where the sound was coming from, we saw it was a natural well, a spring. The water was warm when we reached into it. Aidan tapped me on my arm as I washed my face, and I looked up. The Devil's Violin is a trio of performers. Daniel Morden retells traditional stories from various cultures, in particular the Celtic and the ancient Greek. He has performed all over the world in schools and theatres and at festivals. Sarah Moody on cello has worked for over 18 years as a musician, music director and composer with theatre companies such as Knee High, Wild Works and Travelling Light and has written music for the BBC Radio, the British Broadcasting Corporation. Oliver Wilson Dickinson on violin is described by Radio 2 magazine as an expressive and exceptional fiddler. He also plays with accordionist Luke Carver-Goss, touring regularly. As a composer, he has written music for stage productions and BBC Radio 4 drama. I love the retelling of this story. Enjoy Devil's Violin performing The Magic Well.
Once upon a time there was a girl. She wasn't beautiful, she wasn't clever, but she was good. She lived with her father, her mother was dead. They lived beside a forest. One day he looked at her and he thought, soon she will be a young woman. What do I know of young women? Nothing. For her sake, I should marry again. So he went to the towns nearby and he met a widow. Now the widow was beautiful. She had a lovely daughter. Perfect, thought the father. Company for me and for my child. So the father married this woman. And suddenly the girl found she had a beautiful new mother and a lovely new sister. She didn't mind that they were prettier than her. She was so excited to have a new family. When she was alone with the two of them, she said, Do you want to come and see the hens and the cockerel in the yard? (coughs) Said the girl's new mother, We're from the town. We're not interested in animals. They're ugly and they smell. You look after the animals. We will look after ourselves. Is that clear? And the girl soon learned that though they were lovely on the outside, they weren't lovely on the inside. Whenever the father's back was turned, they treated her like a slave. She had to do everything. Whenever the father was nearby, they were telling lies about her. And because he was good, he believed the lies he heard from his wife. One day the father kissed his daughter. He said, I'm off to market now. I'll be back tomorrow. As soon as he was out of sight, the girl's mother, Now, I want you to go into the forest and bring me some water from the well there. The forest, said the girl. But my father said I should never go in the forest. My father said strange things happen in that forest. So the girl's mother, Big girl like you, afraid of a few trees. I've heard the water in the well will make a girl blossom into beauty. I've heard the prince is looking for a wife. If my daughter were to drink of that water, I'm sure he would marry her. So here's a bag full of food. Off you go. Don't come back until you have what I want. She pushed the girl out the front door. The girl said, can I have a bottle? Can I have a bucket? Doom! The door was shut in her face. She looked in the bag. A few dry, stale crusts and a lump of hard cheese. It was getting dark now. She decided she'd better set off while she could still see the path. As she made her way through the woods, the branches of the trees 
grabbed at her, snagged at her dress. Things scuttled across the path in front of her and behind her. Then she saw a shape. It was an old man who lifted his head and smiled a smile so wide the two ends nearly met at the back. Where are you going? I'm looking for a magic well. What do you have in your bag? Crusts and hard cheese. It isn't much, but if you're hungry, you're welcome to share the food with me. So they ate together in silence. Then the old man, take this. He gave her a bottle with a cork. Walk further through the forest until you reach a hedge. To get past it, you must say these words. Hedge, hedge, give me a hole. On the other side, you'll see the well. Look in the water. Don't be afraid. Don't be frightened of what you see there. The girl bowed her head and said, Thank you. She walked on. Now the only light came from the stars and the moon. She reached her hedge too high to climb over, too wide to walk around. She spoke the words she'd been told to say. Hedge, hedge, give me all. As soon as she did so, the brambles moved apart. They made a gap for her to pass through. On the other side, she saw the well. She looked into the water. She saw the reflection of the moon shivering on the surface and around it, bobbing and rolling. She saw three human heads. Their heads of three old men. Their eyes shut, their mouths open. Long white hair, long white beards. Their skin, the color of the belly of a dead fish. and smiled at her. She tried to smile back. Then their heads sang. She ran her fingers through their hair. 
She ran her fingers through their beards. She pulled out all the leaves and twigs and little wriggling things. When she'd finished, their heads turned to one another. What shall we do for her? Make her smell as sweet as summer. She reached into the water of the well, took out a handful. She drank. She dipped her bottle into the water. She put the cork back into the bottle and the bottle into the bag. She said to their heads, Thank you for your kindness. And then she walked on. Back through the gap in the hedge. As soon as she had passed through, the brambles behind her moved together. The gap disappeared. This week's episode sponsor is Gord Housekeeping. You heard it right, Gord Housekeeping, a magazine for the finest squash homes. You've seen tiny homes, and Gord Housekeeping has the best tips on how to make your tiny home your forever home. How to utilise space with a little magic? Need a never-full trunk for all your favourite books when you have nowhere to shelve them? Need to know how to knit a magical spell to return the prince to frog form. Gord Housekeeping has it all. Never fear, your Gord Housekeeping is here. It's all you really need to know. Get your copy at all best brick and mortar, wattle and daub, stick or even straw bookstores now. This month's issue, how to stop goblins from gobbling your food stash in your tiny home. Did you know that all the patrons of the podcast have a unique ability and that they're patrons of the arts? A big thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. To join the story supporters, go to storystorypodcast.com for more information. And if you want to hear us make up fairy tale facts about you and thank you for an episode, then become a supporter now. I ran my hands over my face to get the water off and looked up. In front of us, on the other side of the well, where Aidan was pointing, was a ginormous oak tree. One of the branches swung down low in a curve and raised back up again, and sitting in the vertex, the lowest point of the curve, were four crows. And they were staring at us. Other birds flew about, some sitting on the edge of the water not five feet from us, totally unconcerned, drinking. We could hear chips and chirps of small birds, the cooing of morning doves, the beautiful songs of the robin and other thrushes, the tattle of the blue jay followed by its screech. But the four crows were just sitting there, staring at us. Then I heard a laugh, a deep laugh that almost rumbled. We turned and behind us was a tall woman, long grey hair dancing about her shoulders and brushing against her high cheekbones. She tilted her head. What are you doing here? As she strode towards us, Mo came bounding up the path we had made. She turned, and the robes that flowed about her shimmered in the forest light. There was something ethereal about her. Mo jumped up and down, not on her, but at her feet. 
Ah, uh, hello, we got lost. Is this private property? We were thinking about following the stream downhill. Does it lead to the road? I stood up and wiped my hands on my jeans. There was that deep laugh again. It put a smile on my face. The lady waved her fingers in our direction, and sparks, flashes of light played about her fingertips. Two of the crows flew over to her and settled on her shoulder. The other two kept staring at us. It's not private property, she said, but it is my land. Aidan stood up and whispered to me, The crows are like Odin's ravens. They are, the woman chuckled. They are similar, but these are crows, my messengers. Odin had ravens who travelled the world. Both Aidan and I knew that Odin had two ravens. He also had two wolves. Odin was pretty cool, way cooler than Zeus, but we didn't say anything about that. Simon, I said, offering my hand, and this is my son, Aidan, I know. I looked at my son, but he shrugged his shoulders. A butterfly landed on one of them. I know you both from other lifetimes. You were warriors once, another time farmers. Your son was a shaman in one life, and your daughter was a healer. I knew Aidan would like that, but I wondered how she knew I had a daughter. But you are lost, and it's getting dark. The sun was getting lower in the sky. My crows will lead you back down the hill to where you left off. The two crows who were staring at us all this time turned to face each other and croaked and cackled and clucked. Now, now, they didn't know. Uh, didn't know what? I asked. This is a sacred place. I'm not quite sure how you found it. No harm done, though. I looked at the natural well and the water that flowed into the stream and hoped we had not in some way damaged it. Go before it gets too dark for my birds even. Oh yes! Aidan followed the birds, who I have to say looked very begrudged about having to help us. I followed Aidan and Mo jumped up and down and ran between us, occasionally yipping at the crows who would turn back and squawk at her as if telling her off. It was pretty dark when we reached the bottom, out of breath. We were moving quickly to keep up with the black birds, and they sat on a fence post on the roadside waiting for us. Aidan thanked them, as I did, and they took off into the air. One of the crows flapped its wings harder than it seemed necessary, but in doing so, a couple of feathers floated towards the ground. Aidan leapt forward and caught them before they hit the ground and handed one to me. We still have the feathers, and they still have not touched the ground. As she walked home, the sun rose. As she walked home, when she passed by, she was so sweet with the smell of summer that the flowers opened their petals and smiled at the sky. As she passed by, the trees burst into pink blossom, and the birds sang full-throated. Then she heard the sound of a horse. It was the prince. He'd smelled a smell as sweet as summer. He searched for the source of the smell and found himself before a young woman. The moment he saw her and she saw him, they fell in love. He asked her if she would marry him. She said she would. She was good. She invited her father, of course, to the wedding, but she also invited her new mother and her new sister. The father in the church cried tears of joy. 
The new mother and new sister ground their teeth with fury. Mother, that girl wasn't so stupid. Give me some food. I'm going into the forest. I want to be a princess too. Off she went. The shadows stretched and met in the middle of the path. The trees caught at her clothes. The branches snagged at her dress. Creatures scuttled across the path in front of her and behind her. She squished them with her foot whenever she could. Then she saw a shape. An old man sitting on a rock. An old man who lifted his head and smiled a smile so wide that two ends nearly met at the back. Where are you going? None of your business. What do you have in the bag? Why, what's it for you? Scowling, the old man turned away, laughing. The sister walked on. Now, the only light came from the stars. The only light came from the moon. She reached a hedge, too high to climb over, too wide to walk around. She didn't know the words. No one had given her the words. I want to be a princess. She tried to fight her way through the hedge. The trouble was, the hedge fought back. It ripped her dress. It scratched her arms and legs. It scratched her face. Tore out her hair. When she burst out the other side of the hedge, blood was dripping from her nose and chin. She saw the well. She saw the reflection of the moon shivering on its surface. Ah! There, floating in the water, were three human heads. The heads of three old men. Washers and Thomas set us down She hit them all with a rock. The heads turned to one another. What shall we do for her? Make her smell strong with sweat. The water in that well now was muddy and brackish. She reached in, she scooped out a handful. It was foul-smelling. She wanted to be a princess, so she drank. As soon as she did so, a cloud of flies gathered round her face. She wailed and flailed her arms. She couldn't get rid of them, no matter how hard she tried. Again, she fought her way through the hedge. Again, it scratched her, ripped her dress, tore at her face and her hair. As she walked home, she was so strong with the smell of sweat that when she passed by, all the flowers curled up and died. The trees shed their blossoms. The birds flew away in flocks. She came to her village, people threw rocks at her. But the rocks couldn't stand the smell either, so they dodged. She got home to her house, she knocked on the door, her mother opened. Oh, what is that stench? Whoever you are, go away. Mother, it's me, your daughter. I've come home. You're not my daughter, my daughter is beautiful. Go away before I set the dogs on you. Boom, the door was slammed shut. The sister stumbled into the forest, her shoulders shaking. Her face and her hands, tears trickling down between her fingers. Then 
she heard the sound of a carriage. In the carriage was the prince and the girl. When she saw her sister crying, she clapped her hands, she stopped the carriage. She ran across, she reached into her bag and gave her sister the bottle of water that she had taken from the well. The sister drank and all the wounds on her body disappeared. The sister looked at the girl, who'd been so kind after she had been so cruel. And in the weeks and months that followed, she changed. She grew. She became lovely on the inside as well as on the outside. you enjoyed our story. The Devil's Violin are Daniel Morden, storyteller, Sarah Moody on cello and Oliver Wilson Dixon on violin. Oliver also mixed and produced the show. To hear more stories and music please subscribe and don't forget you can donate at www.thedevilsviolin.co.uk slash donate. When touring is permitted we will be out and about again with our new show the beast in me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Story Story Podcast. Show the love and find the devil's violin on the internet and tell them that you heard them on this podcast and you want to hear more of their stories. You can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast. And me, Simon M. Brooks on Instagram and on Facebook on my website, Simon Brooks Storyteller. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was Laura Packer. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was, well, the crows that I've been seeing outside my window today. You can visit the visual candy from the fairy tale sponsor ads on the Story Story podcast Instagram and Facebook page. And while you are there, let us know a favourite story that you have heard or a favourite story of your childhood. Who knows, maybe you will hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or join the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcast, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there 
on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket is her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. Thank you.